Welcome to After The Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies, are you? Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to After The Show. Hello, how are you? I'm good. No countdown? No countdown this week. We don't need it anymore. Well, that's dangerous. (laughs) Normally there's a five, four, three, two, one, blast off. Not anymore. I figured it out. I mean, you could inform your fellow podcast e, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> then I wouldn't have had this scintillating conversation. <laughs> and this is not the before the after the show discussion, clearly, because I didn't know. Before the after the show was pretty uh, sparse. We weren't talking to each other. We were typing stuff. True. <laughs> Actually, if you'd just listen to this room, it was just keyboards going. Welcome to modern marriage. <laughs> <laughs> We were off last week, so we've got a lot to cover this week, right? A lot? Oh, Did we, we only watched the one movie. Yeah, that's true. We've but got I, that to cover. Correct. All right, so it's Saturday, September the 9th. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's happy birthday to my niece and happy birthday to my mother yesterday. And? And that's it. Okay, happy birthday to you two people. Yes. Uh, it's after the show, 803. This is a movie review podcast. Every week, apart from last week, we review a movie, and this week we're looking at the movie Ghosted. It's a 2023 release. You can get it now on Apple TV streaming. It's rated R. Uh, is it rated? It didn't feel like an R-rated movie, did it? You said the F word once. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, so Ghosted, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis. I've been thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask. I... I mean, it is what we describe. Well, we did have a little before the after the show discussion or the ascending the stairs after the movie discussion of movies like this. So yes. couple out of water, fish out of water couple. I don't know. Mismatched couple. What's the. It's just two people who get thrown together. Who probably and we've wouldn't. made a few comparisons. Romancing the stone, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Night. But they're not mismatched, though. They are actually. A couple. Yeah. In the movie. Night and day. Night and day, as in K-N-I-G-H-T. There's lots of them, like two people thrown together. And then comedy and or drama slash ensues. Something ensues. Yeah. And that's what this is. That's all this is. There's nothing special or interesting about it except that. It's in the genre of all those movies we just mentioned. I will tell you this. I had no clue what we were even watching. That's often how I do it. We just sit down and I'm just like, okay, whatever. It starts, and I was just like, oh, blah, middle of the road, a guy who's a little extra needy, and a woman who's a little more independent, and blah, 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 they have one night stand, and then I'm like, okay, it's just going to go on and on and on, and then it didn't, because so I had you, no idea. So you actually thought it was just a romantic comedy? <laughs> yeah, and so to spoil it for everyone, if you don't want to know what I'm talking about, don't listen. Well, let me give you the real synopsis. Oh, that okay. Might- well, wait. If you don't want to know this and you want to be like me, just stop right now, go watch it, and then come back. Apple TV. We're not sponsored by Apple TV, but that's where you'll find it. Oh, okay. The real synopsis says, Cole falls head over heels for enigmatic Sadie, but then makes a shocking discovery that she's a secret agent. 
I was right on the box. Before they can decide on a second date, Cole and Sadie are swept away on an international adventure to save the world. Okay, so... I mean, they literally tell you in the trailer and in the... Um, but I don't read I don't do trailers. No. And I don't watch. I don't read anything. I'm out of the loop. So, so you, the way you experienced it is actually the best way. Yep, absolutely. But that's not to say this is a great movie. Like Dust Till Dawn? Again, yes. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I had no idea what it was about or what it was. This is many years ago. I'm just sitting there watching it with my friend. Something happened and we looked at each other and we're like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this movie? And then it was fantastic. I was... Um, this one wasn't fantastic, but I was equally like, whoa. My Dust Till Dawn story is I was at a loose end one afternoon. At but, a loose end? Yeah, like there was nothing going on. I was in Manchester and I looked up at the theatre and it said, from dusk till dawn. I didn't even know what it was, but I've heard of Quentin Tarantino. I mean, I'd watched Quentin Tarantino movie. So I just went and watched it on my own, having no idea what it was. Right. And came out, like, mind blown. Like, completely <laughs> mind blown. Let's just go back to the at a loose end. I don't know if you know, but a lot of people say I'm at loose ends when <laughs> something desperate has happened and they don't know what oh, to do. It wasn't that. I just didn't have anything to do. Right. <laughs> Like, whoa, you were so, something desperately dramatic was happening in your life and you're no. just like, fuck it, I'm going to watch a movie, I can't handle it anymore. No, it, you're just like wandering around like... It was like, more like, it was my afternoon off. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm at my wits end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good story. Then I think you did make other people go watch it with you again, if I'm not mistaken. Or That was Pulp Fiction. Heavily, oh, Pulp Fiction. You heavily suggested. I went to see Pulp Fiction with one friend and then i was so mind blown by it i took several friends over the course of a few weeks people who wouldn't be going to see it i'm like no we gotta go and see it did you have to pay for the tickets no. to make them go no 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 <laughs> i wouldn't have took them if that was the case so see now we're talking about other movies no let's get on to this right one. what i'm saying is this movie might be forgettable i'm just putting that out there well i'm gonna start there as i said uh, just after the synopsis that doesn't make it a good movie Correct. I don't think this is a good movie. I think it's a really, really middle-of-the-road movie. My problem with it is it doesn't commit to either side of what it's trying to be. Listen to you. You're reading my mind. So on one hand, it's a romantic thing. On another hand, it's a comedy that's not actually that funny. And on the third hand, it gets serious in some points. Three hands. Yeah, three hands. <laughs> it's like the three-handed man. <laughs> and those three hands are not balanced well. I agree. So, like, when it comes to the third act, where there's a big James Bondish action sequence, they remove the humour at that point. It's apart from when Ryan Reynolds appears for, like, five seconds. Yeah, that was so weird. And you're like, what uh, the fuck is this? Like, What the heck was going on? So that's why it feels all over the place, I think. I agree. I was having a hard time with that all the time. I was like, I wish that they did this. The opening part that you were oblivious to, which made it feel like a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. And then the moment where it turns into an action movie. I wasn't oblivious. I was ambivalent. Right. But the moment it turned into an uh, action movie, that moment, uh, I wish they'd have gone hard, full on action and forgot about comedy. Because I think it would have worked better that way. Yeah, because they tried throughout. And I agree with you 100%. And that is very unusual. But the balance of quirky, funny relationship with lots of one-liners and, like, the human interest, like, relationship comments and insecurities, all that stuff all mixed in with the humor 
And then we literally have people shooting, stabbing, killing people, explosions. And I will say this, and I'm not even this person, some really good stunts. Yeah. Some really good action pieces with Jeeps blowing up in the air and slow motion. Big parts. A bit, but I mean, the parts where like the Jeep flew up in the air and the two guys are like going it and they do it in slow motion and then they fall down the cliff and stuff. I mean, those were some really good... But I'm with you. It should take a turn. Like, be really cutesy and weird. Kind and of like. really serious. Yeah. Or like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Where you start with this, like, boom, da, 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 stupid horror movie and everybody's probably going to die to like, whoa, we are swerving a completely different direction. Because this movie thinks it's really clever when it does its swerve. Then it resorts back to, oh, one liners. They're in like the major peril that they're in and he's cracking jokes. Agree. Which I'm like, would you be cracking jokes when there's five people with machine guns stood in front of you? And you've just killed a bunch of people? Yes. Yeah. There's no, like, remorse or anything. It's just, I don't know. It, it felt I don't know that remorse is what we're looking for, but, like, take a take the tone and dip it with the rest. However, there's a history of these movies, like, big disaster movies where there's the couple who are thrown together by disaster, and then by the end they're... I'm thinking of the movie, I think it was Volcano, where they're standing on the rubble of a city where millions of people have died, one foot up on a lump and kissing or smiling and chuckling to themselves like, ha ha ha. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of like, oh, forget all the trauma and the destruction. And not even in a good way, not even like in a really like impactful way, but just sort of, and I'm going to use it, meh, you know? Yeah. And the mission that they're on. It's, I know, my lame. God. It's really lame. It's like a um, like a discount James Bond mission. Like, yeah. Like the mission that James Bond wouldn't do and he'd send somebody else to do it. Yeah. That made it like, oh, it's just a shitty, there's a suitcase with something in it. The peril mission. of saving the world, but not really hardcore description of this biological weapon that we're trying to retrieve. And I have to say that it's similar to like Mission Impossible, where the list of all the agents is going to get out there. That's also a lame mission to me. And that's that's been used lots of times. But I didn't feel like anyone was ever really in peril other than all the henchmen, because they all die. (laughs) And all the other agents, because they all seem to all die. So she works for the CIA. Did we mention that? She's a CIA agent. He's oblivious. So the way the relationship starts out, one night stand. And we've established through his family that he's a bit needy and guarded. Very eh, no, not guarded at all. Not guarded. Uh, what you, what, he's open. Like he's, he won't travel is one of the things. That oh keep yeah, but you know what? That disappeared at some point. They didn't follow up on that much. And she is, you know, she just wants to meet a nice. Per- I don't know. We don't really establish what she is in the beginning. Well, we establish um, at the beginning when she's driving in the car with the really boring sequence that you said, oh, how many movies are going to open like this? There's a car driving down a road. It's a helicopter shot, blah, blah, blah. She's talking to a psychiatrist on the phone. And and she's obviously grieving something. Something. She talks about someone dying. So, But then we that kind of falls flat. I mean, all of it sort of falls apart. And then she meets up with him for a one-night stand. And then he becomes very, very needy, as we are introduced to him as. Uh, he texts her too many times. This is another thing. I have a complaint about the name of the movie. Ghosted. Right, because the idea is in the first half an hour, he gets desperate for her, you know, because there's a one night stand. He starts texting her, you know, like obsessively. She's not replying to him. 
He then decides to track his inhaler, which is in her bag, because he puts a tracker on everything. He uses an Apple tracker, by the way. She's in London. And so he decides to fly to London. Creepy and weird and stalky. His family tell him to. All the things about stalking and weirdness, that's it. And then he ends up meeting up with her and then discovering that she's a CIA agent and there's this bad guy who's the pianist (laughs) or also the alien predator guy, you know, Adrian Brody. Brody. I was going to say Barbeau. That's not correct. Adrian Brody, who has an accent that I don't quite understand. And then these other people who all have mishmashes of internationalness about them. I'm not sure. And then that's it. Then there's also tons of people getting shot and murdered and killed and thrown off of cliffs. And then constant little jokes about how he's needy and she's cold fish. And in the end, not the ending, but over the course of it, big surprise, she's the one that has to change. Right. She's the one, if you're paying really close attention, who has to open her heart to this needy freak of a guy who's just whiny and kind of like, eh. he doesn't change. He doesn't turn out to be an international traveler. He's not anything different, but she's the one that has to open her heart and don't be so cold and let him in. I found that really obnoxious. And if someone wasn't trying to do that and they did it accidentally, that's scary. I'll tell you one thing that annoyed me. There's one. You know, um, YouTube videos, how I don't like it when people can't end a YouTube video. They don't <laughs> understand how to put an ending on. <laughs> so when we finish our podcast, we, we kind of sign out like, yeah, you know, catch us on this blah, 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 and then we'll wind down. Wind down, as Sarah Silverman would say. She always does uh, <laughs> the ending of her podcast because her dad gets annoyed if she just goes off. He has to, she has to say it. So YouTube videos, lots of people, they just quit stalking. Sometimes the middle of a sentence, the end of the video. This movie felt like it did that because oh. they were walking into a place, Dua Lipa started playing, and then credits came up. I was like, is there a yeah, to because it? the joke there at the end is she continues being the international spy. He now is finishing writing his book, which is something was holding him back from that. Yeah. We comment on both of those things. And then they go into this. I'll get to the pretentious stuff in a bit, but into this big fancy gala thing. And then you write that's the end. Like they're on date night. They even <laughs> say it, it's date it night. Says, like, but they didn't, by. they didn't lead up. There was no foreshadowing of like, hey, we're going to need to arrange date night and we're going to have to leave our jobs to the side. None of that. I think that if you'd had a few scenes where they commented, right? Hmm. Well, if we're going to be in a relationship, we can't keep mixing our jobs or whatever. Anything. Yeah, it just felt like cut to- off. Like there was three deleted scenes that have gone. And then you even the thought end. there would be something like at the end. I think you thought, well, that means there's going to be something like she will return as an agent, right? Or something like that. I clearly like that. thought they were setting something up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're not. No. How average it is and how kind of boring it is. It is and a little bit. But then it's also, I'm going to say this. I actually had a really good time. I did. I'm learning sometimes. to accept that when I'm bored... With the movie that I'm watching, mm-hmm. that I intentionally, I make a very intentional effort to be like, well, what is funny though here? Because that is pretty funny and that looks good. There were lots of scenes that looked gorgeous, really good special effects sometimes, not always, really good scene like sets and locations. And I like the people in it. I didn't mind anyone except 
Brody was a bit weird. I don't know why to me, but he was just twirling his mustache. Wasn't yeah. He? And it was just, that was sort of odd, but I made an actual concerted effort to be like, okay, I'm in it now. A lot of people made the effort to make this movie and I'm not going to stop it. We're not going to stop. We're going to watch it and talk about it. So then I'm able to find, it's like forcing myself <laughs> to find it. <laughs> but then I did, I let it go. And I was like, I mean, they are pretty fun and I'm, interested to see how it goes like what's the i know what the end end is going to be like right but yeah, i just want to no see surprise was it i was maybe that's what i was anticipating a surprise of some kind that never happened you know the surprise you've already had the surprise at the beginning that's it <laughs> that's your surprise they blew the wad there at the beginning for me it's a uh, fancy looking with fun everything's fancy about it but then it's hollow like it's like a chocolate without any center a hollow Ooh, yeah. nice and that's how I felt. Um, and as it was winding down and there was the big set piece at the end, I was like, this is like a discount James Bond movie. And it also reminds me of something else, but I can't put Could my... we say it's like empty calories? It absolutely is. Okay. Yeah. In three weeks time, you won't remember what happened. No. And that kind of leads me to what I was saying before. I have this thing about pretentiousness now that I have to mention. And this is full of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like the lady from Australian MasterChef. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just thought that all the time. Like from the beginning with the farmer's market and the pretentious as fuck presentation of farmer's market people. Yep. So obnoxious. Also, Bob's Burgers reference there, just so you know. And I'll make I'll mention a couple more later on. And then we move on to like just the pretentious weirdness that we're presenting our bad guys as. <laughs> I mean, the pretentiousness is that someone sat down and wrote it and then directed Mr. Brody how to perform it and the thugs and everyone else. Let me just say, there are six writers on this movie. Oh, that might explain <laughs> it. That does explain it. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, so pretentiousness, pretentiousness we've established. Also, Bob's Burgers references, and I swear to you, either someone who wrote this, one of those six people, or the director, or the art director, or someone loves Bob's Burgers as much as me, because they're in a restaurant that spins around. Yep. So if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you know which one I'm talking about. And even Louise tries to bribe the waiter to make him make it spin faster, and that happens. And then... There is a scene in the same spinning restaurant where someone has to jump onto this spinning floor and there's tables, these round tables everywhere. And they're kind of ping-ponging around like in a, what's the game where you... Pong? No. You know, it's a table. It's a ch -ch -ch this, you know. Air hockey? Flippy things that you do. They flip, flip, flip. And oh, foosball. No. <laughs> I'm going through all the table no. games. No, it's like a big... It's one person and you're standing there and it might have like graphics of like James Bond or pinball pinball machine. Yes. Okay. So the person jumps on <laughs> to this spinning floor and bing, bing, bings around like a pinball ball from different round things and then kind of spins out to the side. That happened in Bob's Burgers. I'm not even kidding. Those things I enjoyed because I'm like, come on, am I just seeing this because I want to or is it real? I would also give this an extra point for the exorcist stairs. Okay. We've got an exorcist comment. Before they even mentioned the word the exorcist in this movie, I said to you, exorcist stairs, because I'm so tuned in. Yeah, to the a little exorcist. super nerdy in that voice you use. But yeah, you're right. You did. I'm so tuned in. I they literally was an establishing shot of the stairs. I was like, they're the exorcist stairs. And see, and they, they, they talk about 
how he likes to watch movies and she doesn't have time or nothing scares her. They never revisit that except the one time when the lie detector's on her finger and she says, I'm not afraid of anything. And they're like, oh, that's a lie. But they don't trickle that. She makes one joke about being scared of that that movie with the little girl in it. Yeah. And there's no more, well, just the idea that you've introduced this part of her character that she claims that she's not afraid of anything, that she's you know brave, which she seems to be. But then we don't ever really, re- we don't round it out and give it some of those nice you know juicy calories. Because there's six writers. <laughs> One guy wrote that bit and then the other people ignored it. You They're know? like, leave it in, but don't ever <laughs> say anything else about it. Yeah. There's also, annoyingly for me, the sequence in the middle of the movie where hitmen come after them and the hitman rapidly die like within a minute of each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't describe it as done. So one hitman comes up and they're all like swaggy and stuff like it's a super famous person. Yeah. I mean, they're super famous. They're playing. It's, it's and uh, then, Anthony Mackie, the first one. He's like, I'm the best hit. I'm not, they're not hitmen. They're bounty hunters. Bounty so hunters. I'm the best bounty hunter. And then boom, someone comes along and kills him. And it's another super famous person who says, I'm the best bounty hunter. And then boom, that person dies. And the next famous person shows up. So it was like right. four in a series. So, I, so I'm like, well, that's funny. But it's already been done. And the movie it's already been done in, which I immediately knew, was Machete Kills. Or Machete Kills. Machete. And Lady Gaga was one of the bounty hunters in that. There was also two other famous people. And they did the exact same gag, so that was basically a ripoff. True. And didn't we notice that this movie was a lot of ripoffs of other things? Yeah, like I was just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Like, we'll and put- while you can say, well, you, can, you can't have many original things when it comes to a couple, you know, mismatched couple, a fish out of water, drama and comedy combined. I mean, that's a formula, right? So it's going to be hard to be original. Fair yeah. enough. However, you have to balance that, tip the balance of that where you've got the like the the skeleton of the romantic comedy mixed with drama, mixed with adventure, like the skeleton is there and the people and the players are all sort of like expected, you know, Mm -hmm. and then add more newness. Yeah. Quality, high caloric, high caloric goodness, and still see that the skeleton is there holding it all together. Listen to this. It's a really good analogy. Let's get on to the cast. Anna de Armas plays Sadie Rhodes. Uh, she was in No Time to Die as a uh, Bond. Like, she was basically this character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only saw her for a little bit, and then you were like, oh, wow, she's cool, and then you didn't see her again. So what did you think of her here? She's also in Knives Out, if you uh, wondered what else she was in. No, I liked her. I mean, I'm kind of neutral on everyone, to be very, very honest, but she was fine. Sometimes, because she's quite small and mm-hmm. low weight, you're going to say something that's going to sound sexist, but it isn't, I... Let me preface that it's not but sexist. No, but I... But she goes up against men who are like six foot five and like kicks them and they go flying like through the air. I'm like, I don't know about that. That's a tough one. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Chris Chris Evans, Captain America, plays Cole Turner. I'll be honest. When it started, I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, I knew him. I knew him. I couldn't remember what he was. Oh. <laughs> well. I know. He was okay. I don't know. It was too much of a combination of him trying not to be Captain America. He was trying really hard to be... Kind of trying not to be cool. Because his character's not supposed to be cool, but coming off cool sometimes. Because guess what he is? He's a very trendy farmer. (laughs) Yeah. 
who grows microgreens. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we've got Amy Sedaris from Star Wars, Mandalorian. For like as, one minute. As mom. Tate Donovan as dad. Adrian Brody as the bad guy, Levik. It's bargain basement, James Bond buddy. It really is. Sorry, Adrian, but it is what it is. Yeah. If he'd have played that same character in a James Bond movie, would it have worked? Yes. It probably would. But then you would be like, well, it's just because all James Bond buddies right. are weird. Well, it's not that he's weird. I mean, the guy with the chair and the ball under the chair was over the top as well. Or yeah. like No Country for All Men, same guy, you know, like over the top. But the thing is, the rest of the story, the rest of the action, the rest of the vibe of the whole movie is at the same level. And right. so you can buy into it, right? When this guy's that, and then you've got, like you said, what's his name? Ryan. Reynolds. Acting like, like I don't even like he know. Came, like he was in a different movie. I don't even know what the joke was there. I mean, he was the one of the jokes, I guess. you're making. We're making fun of her for having lots of relationships. Again, a bit misogynistic. Like shallow relationships. Yeah, that where she dumps them because she's moving on with her career or whatever. Yeah. So we're trying to flip the script, I guess. But then he pops in as a 100% Saturday Night Live character. In the middle of like the biggest action sequence in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of sad. Yeah. I was like, well, that was out of place. Weird. Uh, Dexter Fletcher is the director. He's actually a British actor from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He's been in lots of different British stuff. He directed the movie Rocket Man, the um, Elton John biopic. Hmm. Eddie the Eagle. And this is another movie he's, he's directing. I'm not a fan uh, from this. It doesn't make me a fan of him because the directing wasn't, I mean, some of the special, well, some of the stunt sequences were good, but. It's hard. It's hard to it's describe. So it's hard to. Like, it's bland. And then it has really good individual little bits and visual bits and actual few little scenes that are kind of fun and interesting. And then it just falls apart or nothing. It sort of just skates along until the next decent moment, I guess. IMDb reviews. Mm. There are 31 one-star reviews. Okay. What are there normally? One movie we watched a couple of weeks ago, there was only three. Okay. So this is high-ish. Okay. So let's say- Based on nothing scientific whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Let's read what the first guy says. He says, there's no need for this film. The only way it got publicity was because of its famous cast. And I watched it to watch Ryan Reynolds because I'm a big fan. He's only in it for five seconds. And why is Chris Evans so whiny in this movie? I understand he's a farmer, but there's no need to be a whining farmer. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole review. For I, 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 I can't super um, disagree with that. The second one says, This movie was no doubt written by AI. Extremely stupid plot, badly written characters, cringy dialogue, and wasted cameos, with no chemistry between the leads at all. We get a glimpse of how Anna de Armas would turn out as a James Bond female edition. And sure, she's hell of, hell of likable. Captain America is very good looking, well-groomed, reasonably fit. <laughs> reasonably. Well-groomed. I, like, I like reasonably fit, like he's not fully fit. Oh, right. And stylish guy who is extremely needy. Seriously, what the hell? Why would a guy like this be such a loser? <laughs> the dialogues are very boring and cringy. Definitely no point in watching this movie. Save your time and skip it. I don't know about no point in watching it. And I don't think it doesn't need to exist. I'm not of that camp. <laughs> but if you just want to, like, drink a few glasses of wine, 
or have an edible, whatever you do to like, woo, change your, elevate your brain operation to like another escape level, then this will be fine. You'll be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Or, ooh, blow, blow up, shoot up. Oh, threats, danger, oh, romance. You know, if that's all you need, it, it can exist just for that. Third guy says, an Apple original movie, which opens with someone driving down the road using Apple CarPlay with their iPhone. <laughs> yeah. It's product placement at the worst. Then Captain America says he needs to use the Apple AirTag to track somebody. Handsome guy then meets girl and they have a first date, which mostly consists of them kissing in front of Washington, D.C. landmarks. I think that was product placement for Washington, D.C. <laughs> then they visit parents and talk about girl. Handsome guy texts girl and then they walk around Tower Bridge for a bit in London. <laughs> bad guys appear. You can tell they're bad guys because they're mostly bald. Heroes have hair and it's 2023. Beards and bald are the bad guys. Anyway, handsome guy gets tied up and then rescued by a girl. And then I turned it off because I felt like my IQ was being sucked out of me. Was that written by AI? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it did have some good points. It did. So those are the IMDb reviews for this week. Let's give this, uh, well, we didn't see any extras, but let's give this movie a score. I'm going to give Ghosted a 5 out of 10. Hmm, I'm going to give it a 4.2. All right. I'm going down just a bit because the name, first of all, and then everything else I said. Yep. Yep. The poster. I don't like the poster. <laughs> I'm looking at the poster now. You're going to drop your score? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I only gave it one extra for the exorcist steps. Okay. You know? Got it. Because they run up the steps. It's a plot point, but it's lame also. Next week, we're going to look at the movie Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, one of this year's big movies. Okay. Another Indiana Jones movie. I'm, I'm excited. Movie recommendations, I'm going to give you Mr. and Mrs. Smith, my favorite this genre type of movie. <laughs> this fill in, fill in the <laughs> blank genre. <laughs> and thinking of Chris Evans as Captain America, The Winter Soldier is my favorite Captain America movie. So I'm giving you that one. So my recommendations are all science fiction going back to the beginning of the 21st century, meaning from the year 2000. I'm up to the year 2018. This is not about quality. This is about quantity. These are all the movies that I found on my list that I have seen. I don't remember them all, but I know I've seen them. And we're going to start with Overlord of 2018. Fantastic. Don't remember it. <laughs> it was the Nazi zombies, basically. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. See, the title often eludes me, but you give me the content, I'm there. Then we have Pacific Rim, Uprising. Yeah, that's the sequel to Pacific Rim. It's not as good, but it no, was still fun. I do like Pacific Rim world yeah. that they're in, for sure. And then I have Rampage of 2018. That's the rock and it is. monsters. Well, giant animals. Yeah. Like a giant gorilla and a wolf and a flooded earthquake city. Was that what happened? It was based on the video game Rampage. Wasn't it that... Wait, that no, makes, I think you're mixing uh, that other one up with it. I am. I'm mixing the one where California, like... San Andreas. <laughs> so I'm combining San Andreas and Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty much the same thing. But without... think about it. You're in a flood... <laughs> an earthquake-ravaged, flooded city, and there's a giant gorilla. I mean, come on. And then there was another one with the rock in, like, a high-rise building. Yeah. High-rise or something. Like oh, big, it was with his family and, and the that woman, was pretty much the same thing. The woman yeah. from Sin City. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Okay, my next one is The Purge from 2018. Yes. we. So that's the show, right? Because The Purge movie would have been way before yeah, that. The show was really good. I it was it. good. Had its moments, but it was good. And then uh, 2018 also, The Titan. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure either. I've seen it. I feel like it's a network, Netflix movie that you watch. It might be. Uh, what I do around Halloween time is I uh, pick a bunch of movies that are science fiction and or zombie horror related. But the Titan doesn't sound like horror or whatever, but I'm recommending it just because I've seen it. So again, I'm, I'm supporting my theory that I don't have to like or even remember a movie to recommend that you watch it because then you watch it and you make up your own mind. I know someone who thinks that this is one of those things that really irritates me about some modern, a modern feature of life. Some people try so hard for this efficiency thing that they have to assess what their entertainment's going to bring them because they want it to be an efficient use of their time. Oh, God. I know. My God. Wait, <laughs> I understand efficiency. I'm a 55, almost 56 year old woman. I've lived in the world. I get it. However, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like efficiency out all movies because you may not like it, just don't ever plan on ever watching a movie again, right? Exactly. I'm not into that. All right, I'm, so, I'm inefficient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you sit down to watch a movie, it's just for fun. You know, you don't need to like block block your time off or something. Exactly. Just watch the movie, have fun, forget about everything, watch it. Hey, Scully stuff. I've been playing a little game called Starfield this week. Said Tom. little game, yeah. Bethesda Studio and Microsoft's eagerly awaited game. They've been working on it for years and years and years. They're the people who made Skyrim, Fallout, and Morrowind. And it's an open world game, but it's actually open space game. You get to fly around the galaxy in your own ship and visit different planets and interact with the people on the planets and interact with the planets themselves. Now... They did, when they announced this game, they had some lofty goals. They were like, you can go to every single planet, you can explore everything. It's a dream come true. After playing it for a week, I would not say it's exactly what they said it was, but it is really fun. And who told you that was going to happen? Yeah. That would be me. <laughs> the bit that is a problem for me, which I wish wasn't, is when you're in your ship, you can't, there's a planet in front of you, right? So you can't just look at the planet, fly towards it, land on the planet. The way you land on the planet is you just basically bring up a menu, select the planet, and then it automatically you've landed on it. So there's no interaction between you in the ship and it doesn't feel like you're exploring. It feels like you're choosing something from a menu and then you're there. Got it. So the space travel part, which I was excited for, it really isn't space travel. It's just choosing... I want to go to Earth, Earth, land, and, there, uh, and then I'm on Earth. There's no waiting. There's no flying. Basically, whenever you're in your ship, the only reason to be in your ship is there are some dogfights that you can take, you know, like you can, if there's a ship in front of you and it's acting like bad, it's a pirates, you can shoot them. But you don't feel like you're traveling anywhere. You just feel like you're selecting off menus. Now, I did visit some, like, of the planets that were barren planets just to see what's there, and what's there is nothing. You just land on the planet by selecting it on the menu. You look around. There's nothing there. There might be some iron deposits that you can mine and take back with you, but there's literally nothing. There's 
sometimes is like an animal of some kind. Yeah, it's. I mean, space is very lonely, right? In space, no one can hear you scream. That kind of thing. <laughs> You're a product of entertainment. We yeah. don't know. We don't know how lonely space really I mean, is. <laughs> it does give you that space, and you you can do lots of different things in the game, and that's what I really like about it. I'm, I kind of make my own fun in these kind of games. So I landed on one planet, didn't know what was there. It was like a cowboy planet. Like every, it seemed like the Wild West. Everybody is wearing kind of space cowboy gear and. I joined the rangers there, which was like, I had to do like a exam, learn about the city. And then I finally got into the rangers. And then I did this series of quests that took like 10 hours. That was me as a space cowboy solving like mysteries of this town. And it wasn't even the actual main quest. It's just this side thing that I ended up going all the way down. And at the end of it, I actually got to be a ranger in their thing. And they gave me a ship and a lot of goods and spacesuits and you know it was worth doing so i make my own kind of fun i have barely gone on the main mission and the main mission's you know the main part of the game but i've probably only done like five percent of that i've just been going hmm what's this like yesterday i saw a space station i doctored it and it's a cruise ship and i went on a like a little cruise like uh, you know it's just interesting stuff in space so starfield it's out now it's on Game Pass, so if you subscribe to Game Pass, it's right there for you. You don't have to pay anything extra. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Yet to be determined, but probably Subway. Nice. Because you said you want Subway. Eat fresh. <laughs> and uh, I don't really have anything I want to prepare. Sandwich sounds good, and if you don't wonder why we're talking about it, we're vegetarian, we have been for a very long time, and people still bitch and whine about what we eat and why don't we eat dead animals anymore and so i like to tell you well we're fine don't worry about us <laughs> you eat whatever you want and i'll eat whatever i want and then we move on from there <laughs> and what's your advice and let's get out of it it's not really advice as we all like to say we love it when i give advice that's not advice but it's just a like a thing you know me i'm irritated by people and their process manufactured ideologies and morality that they've based on something, but then picked and choose, you know, they're like a la carte menu of what I actually want to follow from my religion or my philosophy or my lack of religion or lack of philosophy. But well, someone else invented this big idea, but I'm only going to pick three of the things to follow the other seven things. Nah, I'm not really into, but I'm going to claim I'm that thing, right? Right. People know what I'm saying. And it's just this throwing the word moral out, morale morality around like it's an immoral choice and this is immoral and this political party is immoral or amoral i just think like as humans and this is definitely going to irritate some people but if you want to listen to my whole what i think or believe or don't believe you have to listen to every single podcast and put them all together but humans right we kind of we didn't kind of we invented bases and foundations of morality of sort you know don't be a jerk to each other <laughs> like you yeah. can't just constantly destroy everything around you and expect everything around you then to be able to grow and to be productive and make sure that you're you keep planting your seed and going on forever right we've got sort of this thing where we've written it down and we've all got societies and cultures where we've made it all a thing well we invented all that and came to those conclusions as like an agreement with each other that if you're going to go outside the boundaries of what can actually keep moving us all forward and keeping us healthy and safe and all that, if you're going to move outside that, 
there will be consequences because you're not helping the whole of everybody. And I'm not saying the, what is it called? The sum is greater than the independent parts or whatever. I'm just saying that's kind of an agreement. Our morality foundation is that. Like, hey, this is all we've got, right? This world we live on, this is it. It's not infinite. We will be here probably forever and ever until it all disintegrates or whatever's going to happen. So we have to make some sort of um, rules to keep us from, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know, like the whole thing of morality, quote unquote. But I do know that it's not meant for us now in our little 21st century with our memes and our social media and our bullshit ideologies to measure each other by. So that if you vote for a political party that your friend doesn't like, that they can now measure your morality by that. The morality that they have themselves manufactured from a bazillion other interpretations of other moralities or bricks that build the foundations of other things that are more moral than the voting that you did or whatever. If you support someone you love for being who they are, and then someone else decides that who they are is immoral, then now you are immoral. Again, based on their interpretation of a million interpretations of a million different bricks of a million foundations of different morality, whatever we're going to call them slabs, right? And I just think it's bullshit. You don't get to measure each other by it. Maybe help each other come to the same conclusion that we're all on the verge of starving to death if we don't all eat at every at a random interval of some you know if you don't eat in 30 to 60 days you're dead right that's all humans and most living things let's agree that that goal is to keep that from happening <laughs> or that hey we know we can kind of solve some diseases that we're getting let's all kind of work together for that we have limited resources let's figure out how to utilize them and find others to keep us all going and productive and making the food and making the cures and making progress instead of deciding that some stupid fucking meme about how you support your daughter or your son or your person of gender fluidity exists and you love them and then your neighbor or your friend says, oh, well, my morality tells me you're a bad person. I mean, (laughs) doesn't that sound stupid? Like it sounds like you're, I'm watching a play of humanity that I just, I'm just like, is anyone, does anyone else notice how whack this is? Whack. I'm very from the nineties now. That's the eighties, isn't it? Whack. It might be. Mm. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's not anything. That's not, and I'm not telling you what to do because I don't care what you do, except that if you're a jerk, then you're a jerk. And that's the foundation of my morality. <laughs> what else is whack is ascully.com. <laughs> this podcast, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm A. Scully. She's Sid Talk. You can go to uh, email ascully at ascully.com, the old electronic mail, <laughs> and send me an electronic mail. Don't send Sid Talk an electronic mail. She doesn't use it. It's old technology to her. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. And stay classy, ghosted. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, I guarantee you someone is happy to do it for you.